Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the wind, ancient voices and spirits sail. Sailing to divine beings of the light wherever and whenever you may be listening to this show across the entire globe today is monday march 4th 2019 and i am your host shishi o'donnell coming to you live from los angeles california i am a divine lifestyle consultant certified angel therapy practitioner and much more and you're now listening to international angels network and we're a show that explores angels healing metaphysics and other empowering topics and we are a live call-in show so give us a ring at 1-516-453-9162 that is 1-516-453-9162 you can also skype into the show for free from anywhere around the world you'll see a skype icon on the blog talk website while we're live make sure you press one on your phone keypad or Skype keypad if you would like to speak with me or our guest today, and then you'll be in the queue. National Angel, excuse me, International Angels Network is now sponsored by Audible. You can get a free audiobook of your choice today by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash international angels with an S. I'm so honored and excited to have a wonderful, inspiring guest with us today, Nathan Navarro. Nathan is a former camp pastor who hid his fear of sex and women behind a pulpit of sexual purity. He met and married his best friend in church. They waited to have sex on their honeymoon, but the two found themselves in a 13-year sexless marriage stunted by shame. Divorced and suddenly single, Nathan realized that his fear of sex and women he realized his fear of sex and women, and that made him to dive deep into exploring the divine experience of merging spirituality and sexuality. And he came out the other side a filmmaker with a powerful message of liberation and also techniques that help support people in their personal, professional, and spiritual development. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Hi, Cece. Thanks for having me. Yes. So how did you go from camp pastor to erotic filmmaker? This is going to be a good story. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's see if I can hit the the main beats. Um, um, yeah. So I first started off um, as a camp pastor um, preaching, uh, well, shaming sex before marriage, using guilt and shame, uh, because that's pretty much what we were accustomed to at the time. Right. And um, I married my best friend from church and I was still in that culture when we met and when we dated or actually we did. We didn't we did not date. We kind of courted. We skipped that part. That's what we did in purity culture. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when we connected in our relationship, uh, we chose not to have sex before marriage. You know, we we got married. And uh, when our marriage didn't work out. I divorced with with shame, with uh, with some with a lot of pain, a lot of confusion, and as a filmmaker, 
I was I went to USC film school, and you know I had this dream to make feature films like Steven Spielberg, right? And mm-hmm. I got into a career in docu series editing, uh, docu series and editing and, and telling stories through editing became a safe place for me, a very comfortable place. So I decided to confront my fear using filmmaking because filmmaking was the means for me to hold it. You know what I mean? So yeah. by confronting my fear with the film with with the medium. Um, I did not expect what would happen would be pretty much an erotic short film. I started pursuing a question and I thought I was going to shoot an interview and then God showed up. Mm. So I want to talk more about the film, but before we move on too quickly from your past, there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. who relate to your story, including me being raised super strict Catholic and we, it was oh, wow. definitely the abstinence. And then we have a lot of, I don't know if you were Baptist or just regular Christian or what exactly your your um, mm-hmm. religion was. But do you remember who first told you the fear-based messages and shame and guilt-based messages around having a body and being sexual? Do you remember early memories of that? Or is that something just super implanted and brainwashed from a young age? I would say it was really implanted because, you know, I, I was a Southern Baptist. I grew up in a Southern Baptist home. And the conversation so, of, right. oh, You're the son sure. of a preacher, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> my father's a total spark okay. figure. He was the deacon of our church. He's a, you know, he, he pretty much created his own. Uh, he pretty much created the Bible study he's leading now as a church so he can give mission supplies to the Philippines to, you know, mm. uh, you know. So that's what he does. And so I, he's, he's not an official pastor, but he's very learned like a pastor. So I do feel like a, a preacher's man. Yeah, a preacher's son. Um, hold on. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So, yeah, and let's see. Yeah, so that's how I got, that's how I got into an erotic film, uh, creating an erotic film. So you were told sex is wrong and you, you, you took it so far it's not only believe it yourself, but you were leading others that direction, like other young children. Yes. How old were you when you were when you were doing your camp pastor days? Oh goodness. Uh that was in my early twenties. That was in my early twenties. Um we pretty much you know, I was involved with a series of youth camps and pretty much when you're involved at the youth camp as a camp counselor, you can kind of like grow in position there pretty quickly. If you're really talented and very passionate and you're just working directly with the teenagers and it's a really fantastic space. Uh, it's a really creative in the live space. Um, it's very mm. exciting, you know? And so I, I love that energy. And, um, but a lot of the, the counselors would be around in our early twenties. That's pretty much how a lot of us got recruited into the program because we're passionate, we're available, we're willing to work for, for pennies, right? And we're, we, we love God. So it was a perfect place for us to just dive in at young ages and give our all. And uh, I also was really involved with, and that's the thing that's confusing about it because there's so much beauty in the Christian and Catholic religions and so many good messages. And it's, I, I was involved with this retreat called the happening in Christianity in um, Illinois and we had weekends where everyone would come for a weekend and we'd do a lot of prayer and then all these kids would have breakthroughs with their parents and they'd write their parents love letters and their parents came on the last day. It was so heart-opening, so beautiful. But what was missing is um, any relationship with the body whatsoever other than, like, fear, guilt, and shame. I mean, yes, they, they drilled into us that your body is a sacred chair, a temple and sex is for marriage only. And yet you have all these incredibly raging hormones and all these sexual feelings, so you're just like a walking, talking guilt machine. What Did you experience that, a lot of guilt around sexuality? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, so, and it's sort of like this insane, insane thing. It's just like whatever is repressed will be expressed. And why do you think there is so much fear programming in religion around the body and sexuality? Well, I think it's pretty, I think the answer to that question is just how it's been done before in the past and we're inheriting the the framework from from our ancestors pretty much. You know, if you look back to the history of church, it's like this is this is a machine that's kind of been set in this tempo for a while. And I I think 
a really interesting question now at this point is we're reaching a point of awareness unlike any, any, any time before with, with the internet and with the, the, the power of the youth culture. And, and the world is now united in language and united in means of communication. So what do we do now with the, the mechanism of church and what we understand it to be? And not just of church, but just the mechanism of, of all religions that have reached a, a stagnant state where there's no longer growth, but there's just uh, dogma. And mm-hmm. yeah, if, if that's, if we look at that as a structure and not as faith, I think then we can start to grow our faith through the structures. Absolutely. And I think it's pretty clear that the old ways aren't working given all of the crazy stuff more this year and last year than ever before that it's coming out of the woodwork of all the repressed sexual abuse in the clergies, uh, you know, wherever sexuality is repressed, it is expressed somewhere and it's not pretty The the wrecking it's done of little children's lives and, it is related. No one cannot. No one can tell me that repression of sexuality is not related to this perverse kind of expression that we've, we're having. So thank God we're moving on, and people are waking up, and they're finding the dogma isn't working. The heart-centered message of love and connection that Jesus brought does work. But did Jesus ever say, "Don't ever touch your body; it's terrible," you know, and don't ever have sex? I don't think he ever said that. I mean, maybe you did more right. Bible study than I did, but. <laughs> What do you think on that? Well, that's, well, that's where a lot of folks, they just kind of, you know, when there's not a lot of detail, uh, what tends to happen is a lot of folks, they, they're afraid to imagine what happens in the in-between, right? Um, I personally love the in-between. I, I, I remember when I found out that Anne Rice wrote a book about Jesus, that fascinated me. Like, what's her take on this? And she's, of course, the author who wrote Interview of the Vampire and, and that whole series. <laughs> And so to right. have her imagination play with history, and she's a very learned author who's very deeply researched in, 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 her, in her historical fiction books. So for her to take the narrative of, of Jesus and look at the history and to play with the in-between just so she can get to know her own faith and her own standing with, with God, I think that's a fantastic thing to, to, for all of us to explore because when we mm-hmm. start stepping from the frameworks that have been passed down to us, then we start to mature into a conscious adult versus uh, a conscious child in which our, our, our faith only reaches a certain maturity level because we're afraid to step into our own autonomy. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. And I can't I remember if I answered your question. <laughs> uh, in a roundabout way, well, you're, you're saying basically the Anne Rice book, you're, you're fascinated when spirituality and sexuality come together and are explored. And I find that there's no closer moment to God than the moment of orgasm and that merging with another human where the oneness you experience, and yet it's supposedly so horrible and taboo. So it is a little bit ironic. So, um, like, for example, can I tell you a quick story? I'm a singer-songwriter. I moved to L.A. LA from Chicago. And a lot of my songs explored this relationship between it's okay to be a sensual being as well as an incredibly spiritual being close to God. So when I got to L.A., I created a band, and I called the band <laughs> Shishi and the Silky Ashram. So to me, Ashram was like a spiritual <laughs> temple, and then nice. Silky, because it's like sensual. So it's like a medium. And I swear to God, I did an event in Malibu, and the person who introduced me said, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's Shishi and the Silky Ashram, like that. And I was so mortified. I never use that band name anymore because I never would have thought anyone mispronounced it like that. But <laughs> right. It's just a little yeah. bit ironic. But to tell you, I also, you know, feel there's it's so beautiful. It's God's greatest gift to humanity is our um, is that beautiful intimacy and sexuality and pleasure. It's so beautiful, and yet it's so demonized, and it's so yeah. programmed in us that even after I'm a real grown up, I just turned fifty this year, Nathan. I don't know if you know that, but. I still, when I see the word erotic film, my face blushes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in trouble. Oh. I'm 50 years old. Oh. There's still, no matter how much work I've done on myself, the programming and the implant of shame is so embedded that it's still, when I saw, you know, I have done a lot of angel shows, like about 70-something shows. I've never had erotica in the title of one of my shows, and I thought, am I going to get in trouble for this? There's a little part of my oh. little sushi, the, the little Catholic girl that's like, <gasps> No, I know I'm not, but I'm just saying, you know, to share how deeply implanted this shame and guilt and fear around just erotic, 
Like it's so, mm. is something erotic bad? And I know you've done a lot of work on releasing that shame. So maybe share the story of how right. you, you know, first came to that understanding. Well, let's see. That's a great question. Um, well, I'll start off with the, the feeling you're describing now, like the, the shame of, you know, am I comfortable to have an episode that has erotica in the title, right? And so what I'm learning is I follow that discomfort, right? And when I follow the discomfort, I trust that there's growth on the other side. And as someone who was a minister who preached against sexuality, really so much of sexuality was this untouchable type of thing that was so hard to discuss in detail unless you were married yourself and, and you and your wife had, you know, you could, you, could, you could talk about it. It was just such a prickly thing to touch and hold and, it, it, and folks just stayed away from it, right? And just the fact that none of us could talk about it made it so interesting to me to figure out, okay, how can we hold this so we can converse this, converse about this? And the only thing that I think we had in common with it is our fear. We have a, a fear of sexuality. We have a, um, a draw and a lure to, towards it. And that relationship we have with sexuality, sexuality, that charged relationship that we have, we have with it, there's so much things to learn in there. And so um, I chose to confront that. You know, I, one of the things I've learned in my, in, my, in my journey is that excitement and fear is a very sim- – both of them are very similar emotions because the body kind of reacts in similar ways. When you're excited or if you're afraid, you know, your body gets you know, goosebumps or tingly. You feel alive and alert and everything and, you know, nervous, right? Confronted sexuality, you know, I had all these signs of fear, but I also thought, you know, how much of this is, is pleasure – and I've just never been taught to hold it, right? Because in, in, in Christianity, pleasure is kind of like lumped with sin. And, and when you talk about confronting pleasure, it's like confronting sin. And we're afraid that if you talk about it so much, you're just going to end up doing it. So it's even hard for us to talk about pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And by avoiding mm-hmm. talking about pleasure, we're now avoiding talking about sex, right? And, and now, so now I st- I'm starting to move my discomfort from the emotion, from, you know, my discomfort from the subject of sex, from the subject of sex to the subject of pleasure. And once I push it towards pleasure, I start asking myself, you know, am I worthy of pleasure? Do I even believe in that much pleasure? And then, and then the question becomes now about me, right? Like my own relationship with myself. So, and then this becomes a very scary subject to confront. So what start out, starts off as a polarized you know, conversation about sex actually becomes a polarized conversation about myself, which is not really that hard to have. It's not as charged as sexuality, but there's something about pleasure. There's something about being honest with what I desire, what I want, and to see myself in my fullness and to embody that. There's something about that relationship with myself that's actually afraid for me to confront, and it's not sex. That's something I had to get to. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So once I diffuse this, you know, the, the, the fear around sex to, to, by realizing it's actually fear around myself, I, I just start, I, I go to all the modalities that are around me. I start back to square one. I go back to meditation. I go back to eating right. I go back to, you know, all those things with the reverence now that there's something in me that I'm starkly afraid of and what is it? Mm-hmm. And then I start discovering God and start discovering myself and, and healing takes place in each of us from that point in its own way, right? Minds looked a certain way and other people's look their way. But I think fundamentally it's always going to be that, that hero's journey where you confront self, ego has to die and the higher self is seen. And there is your second coming of Christ. Hmm. So you met, one of your um, videos is entitled The Gospel of the Body, and you made a very startling um, kind of, you said you met Christ through meeting your own body or something like that. So can you tell a little more about that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the whole idea is, you know, a lot of us, we're starting the narrative with the body as sin. We're separated from our bodies as a Christian we start off separated from our bodies, right? It's like the spirit and the body or, you know, it's, ugh. So by using the term, the gospel of the body, that's really helping me understand that there's divinity in the body and to mm-hmm. listen to that divinity, right? And, and then I, I started coining the term, you know, coining the phrase, follow your body, right? Follow your body, follow your body. And what follow your body actually means is, you know, 
when you follow your body, there's a higher self and then there's an ego self in your body, right? Mm-hmm. And if you follow the, you know, if you, you can follow the ego self of the body and it, it can lead you down a path of, uh, you know, a loop of addictions and everything, right? But right. And the gospel of the body is the higher self. Right, right. And the gospel of the body is the higher self, the higher version of you. Um, so that's what that phrase means. And it's really more of a Christian-friendly way to, to share what happened with myself in order for me to hold sexuality and not be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. So what is the difference nice. between cool. erotic films for you and porn? Like some people would say erotic films are just porn. Oh, what do you guys say you know, to that? That conversation I'm not really involved with. Um, okay. So I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure in porn there's an industry. In erotica, I kind of, a, you know, I refer to that as more of the art. And mm-hmm. um, so, in, in, you know, in determining what is, you know, which is which, you know, that's, that's a long road. I took some art history classes when I was in college. That's like a long road you, go to, you can go down. But um mm-hmm. But I, but the stuff that I've created, I definitely do not refer to it as as porn. Right. Um, I refer to them as docu art films because they are. Yeah. They started to, they started off as experiments. Yeah. 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 And they, and it started off as you know it's I'm I'm very much involved in that story. I'm using film as a medium to confront my fears, and th- those who were involved were also they were involved with an experiment to show up as they were who you know them themselves right so yeah so i i refer to it as as holy erotica the stuff that i've been involved with because the result of the artwork has been there have been like some some openings emotional openings some bodily openings some awakenings activations that's that's resulted from it and you know what we say is like you know the proof is in the the fruit of the tree right just judge the tree by the fruit it bears right and so i've been pretty quiet about these films for a while because I was so ashamed of it. It's like, you know, I'm a former camp pastor. I can't be making films like this. Right. But, but once I found out people were responding with gratitude and inspiration and they just feel elated and they feel spaciousness around their own bodies. Like these were reactions I was not anticipating. And, and now I started and, and to follow healing. this a bit further. So the, yeah, the, the Bible yeah. verses by your, by your fruits, you shall know them. So the fruits of your films, mm-hmm are healing people and helping people. And a right, lot of people yeah. Can yeah, a lot of people yes. can relate because there's a lot of sexual repression in our world. It's a very sexually right. sick society yeah. for the most part. Right, so, yeah. Um, I, know, I know you have a, a, a podcast yourself about conversations of spirit and body, which you do talk with a Christian radio show host, conservative Christian radio show host about sexuality and God. That's a really cr- incredible idea. And how did that come about? Oh, uh, I'm really glad you asked me that. Yeah, so the, the podcast is called Touch Podcast, Conversations with Sex and Body. And uh, the first season was my best buddy Ryan and I. Um, we basically were talking about, um, you know, we, we were both in purity culture. We were both in camp. We were, we were both camp ministers. We went to the same church together at one point. We were in each other's weddings. So that part of our story, we're kind of joined at the hip, so to speak, right? And then mm-hmm. when we both got married, we, you know, we, we dealt with our narratives differently. He, he stayed in his marriage and, and, and had children. I divorced and never had children. And so we decided to create a podcast to offer thoughts from those two perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what started off as like, hey, this would be a, be a fun thing to do to kind of, you know, you know, we can confront this uncomfortable subject and we can have a good time. And we started, you know, assembling some guests and everything. And, and we started to stitch together this bigger narrative that's currently unfolding in real time in Christian culture, which is the purity phenomenon. The mm-hmm. purity phenomenon is, is um, it's a really ginormous section of, of Christians that have, are now carrying, are carrying the scars of, of sexual shame because of how hard we've been teaching it using guilt and, you know, programs like, you know, purity ring ceremonies and 
things of that nature. I'm not sure I mentioned how many mm-hmm. of these things are going to be familiar to listeners. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so the, the podcast started with that, and the the success of that was it caught the attention of our other co-host now, Shannon Etheridge. And she is a spirited, lively, brave, courageous, insightful woman. And she is mm-hmm. fully aware of, of who God is. And she's fully aware of the limitations of the church. And she's fully aware of who she is as a woman, as a sexual being in, in a, you know, the Western conservative space. So with her awareness, like she's able to see Ryan and myself and just understand what we're doing and we understand what she's doing. And it was such an easy blend of our personalities. And so there really is a bridge that's happening with the podcast. And we're, we're ecstatic about it, absolutely ecstatic. And so that's how we found each other. I think that's so beautiful because at all, so often we're divided with different beliefs, like the metaphysical people versus the Christians, and they feel we're bad yeah. or we think they're bad. And really we're all human and we are all born with a body. And there's, you know, is there a way to have sex be the most pure, beautiful, God-centered thing? I believe there is. And I do believe yeah. that guilt and shame has got to stop. It's the lowest uh, vibrational frequency that destroys people's lives. Like you were saying, there's a lot of wounds yeah. caused by it. And yet, yet everybody, anyone, it's not that, but it's right. definitely not. Don't ever have sex. Don't touch your body. It's wrong. It's dirty. It's bad. Because that's right. like, making our world insane. Exactly. So tell me about the, cosmo, the Cosmic Touch yes. movie. Okay, so Cosmic Touch is the, the second film that I made since making the first one that I made. The first film was the one I mentioned before earlier in this um, in this broadcast. Uh, that was the, the film that caught me off guard where God showed up and it changed my life. Since then, I just kept shooting to understand what happened in front of my camera. I shot into uh, Tantra, shot into the science of sexuality and, and into my own church roots, which is what we talked about. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I just got to the point where I felt like I was ready. And a friend of mine um, approached me like a year before um, with this vision she had that she wanted to self-pleasure before the camera. And when we first explored this idea, it was like a, a year before – by this time, I just shot my first erotic film, and I was just charged. I was just ready, like, all right, let's do it. I'd like, you know, it's just felt like I could conquer the world, right? And but it it would be another year before we could circle back and find a window, and we weren't going to try to force it. And I'm glad we waited because we both went through a deeper maturation. We changed as people. We changed as people. We deepened in maturity. We grew in our friendship with one another, um, and windows opened and we circled back and we both could do it. And um, yeah. And then the second one happened and none of us knew what to expect when we did it. We, none of us were expecting to, to share it either. We just thought, you know, whatever happens, if it's just between us, that's fine. If something more happens, we'll just, we'll follow spirit. Right. And, um, and it became our, my second film cosmic touch. And um, it's a celebration of an exploration of, um, of Lily Claire Love as she explores it's a self-pleasure study and it becomes a a example of how she navigates through sexual trauma and mm-hmm. so you see the emotional beats that you would not expect when you see someone self-pleasuring and when you see these beats you then have a new set of distinctions that are available to you when you confront your own sexuality right so no one's ever, no one doesn't have to feel lost anymore. We're, we're providing, you know, it's like we all have handlebar, we all have um, handrails to hold on to here by sharing each mm-hmm. other's stories, by being vulnerable with our, each other's stories and, and trusting that we're all healing together and, and sharing and becoming a community like this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds very different from, say, like for me, porn is the most unerotic thing I've ever seen, and there's no heart, there's no feeling, there's a lot of pantomime, there's a lot of misleading kind of things going on there, and and that's training so many children from a very young age now about this erroneous kind of way to have sex, and there's no heart connection. But how nice to have someone who's being real and, and being able to, like, it's not gratuitous sex. It's literally here to to help touch and inspire people. <laughs> well, get people to <laughs> yeah. see things from a different different um, 
way as a healing, Mm -hmm. natural human thing. So is this something you're sharing online or how, what, what are you doing with this film? Yes. The plan is that we will, we, we are planning to share this online for free. Um, mm-hmm. We are currently working on creating the framing for it so that mm-hmm. it's all set up, you know, sharing something for free, especially if it's charged with sexuality is, is a big deal. Folks will have all these opinions and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden it's going to have a runaway a run yeah. narrative. Right, so so we're doing. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we're doing our we're doing our due diligence and taking the time, being patient with it, Mm -hmm. and letting our bodies feel into our concerns, and then creating, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that we're creating the framing around what we're feeling, and then we feel into that, we address it again, you know. So we we pushed the release date already because we're we're trusting our Mm -hmm. bodies and what it's telling us. So. Um, but it will be released for free. And to find mm-hmm. out more about that, folks can just visit my personal webpage. And the, yes. the film also has a webpage. It's NathanNovero.com, N-A-T-H-A-N-N-O-V-E-R-O.com. Uh, but the film is going to have its own webpage. Um, it's cosmic, CosmicTouchFilm.com. Cosmic Touch Film. Cosmic okay, Touch great. Film dot com. Yes, and so you guys are listening. I can't to remember if that. I'm sorry. I'm telling the people who are listening that they can follow along and check in and find out what you're up to. Do you coach people who are sexually repressed or unfulfilled because you have experience with that, or more just I've filmmaking? Fallen, I've fallen. I've been more about. Well, I've fallen into a lot of these these impromptu counseling sessions. Um, yeah. I'm not comfortable saying that I'm doing them at the moment because there's there's okay. so many learned people out there that have lot, lots of training. And, and I have found a certain blend, my own blend of pastoral teaching and just what I've picked up, you know, along my path. And I do mm-hmm. enjoy refining that when those opportunities happen. Um, but for the most mm-hmm. part, I think, you know, I'm starting first with the film. We're going to see what's going to happen there. And as my, develop, as, as my modalities mature, I'll be sharing that in, in due time. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we're now at the midway point of our show. So we're going to be taking calls for questions for Nathan, or if you want to have a comment or share your own personal experience with our topic today, uh, you can also get a free live mini angel reading from me for those of you with specific questions. So give us a ring at 1-516-453-9162. And listen to International Angels Network six days a week where we explore everything metaphysical, spiritual, mystical, and much more. And we also take your calls for angel messages live on the air. If you're not able to join us live, you can catch the archived podcast on iTunes, Pinterest, Podable, Player FM, CastBox, Podtail, Podchaser, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you're searching for a spiritual practitioner, we invite you to check out the International Angels Network directory. Readings, energy healing, teachers, mentors, coaches, metaphysical uh, online stores for the mind, body, and spirit. With today's technology, it makes it possible for you to work with anyone in this directory. Please visit internationalangelsnetwork.com forward slash directory. We also invite you to our YouTube live broadcast. Just go to YouTube and search International Angels Network, and you can tap or click on the bell icon to subscribe, and you'll be notified when we go live. For every 100th subscriber, you will be entered into a drawing for free gifts. So I'm Angel Shishi O'Donnell, and I love empowering people through my one-on-one Divine Life coaching program. I love helping people connect to their angels and guides and to get peace of mind through my angel readings as well. For info on my readings, events, and coaching packages, please visit my website, divineguidancereadingswithans.com, or follow or friend me on social media. I'm Shishi O'Donnell on Facebook or Angel Shishi on Instagram. So give us a ring at 516-453-9162. Make sure you press 1 on your phone keypad. and we're also available on iHeartRadio as well. Sorry, I forgot to say that. My, uh, our producer, Claudia, just reminded me of that. Yay, iHeartRadio. But this is something that um, it's not live. You can listen to the um, archived readings uh, later. So we have a question from the Blog Talk Radio chat room. We have Shirley from Texas wants to know, how do we change the thought processes 
that sexuality and the body is something to be ashamed of? Do you see this fading away as we raise our vibration and become one? Do you want to answer that? So how do we change it from something that we're ashamed of? Is that the question? Yeah. How do we change do the we thought change processes it? that sexuality and the body is something to be ashamed of? Oh, change it from that. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure everyone has their own way to go about it. Um, I had to go by the narrative that was taught me. Um, as a Christian, you know, I believe in the Judeo-Christian narrative. And so to help me understand other possibilities of sexuality, I looked into the mysticism of Judaism, right? And so by finding the mystic teachings in Judaism, you know, by seeing like uh, areas where that kind of resonates with me, it, it easily fits into Christianity because, you know, Judaism is precursor Christianity. And then once it blends into Christianity, I can see where like, oh, so how does it change in how I look at sex now as a Christian? Because I'm now applying it at a root level, you know, based on some new mystic teachings, or, teachings I heard in, in, in Judaism, right? So I, mm-hmm. I just explored deeper into my, the roots of my own religion to find the new. And that was a first step that helped me disconnect from the programmed shame. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I yeah, love Shirley that, helped, that, that you asked. Yeah, um, I love that Shirley used the word um, thought. That she's aware that it's a thought process that started this whole shame thing. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And as far as how it worked for me, and I still have it. You know, at times it, it comes up when I least expect it. Just when I think I'm super liberated, I'll see something like that and feel embarrassed or. And it shows me it's deep. But, but logically, even if you just look at things from a logical perspective and you take the dogma that was implanted into you um, from childhood, most of us had strict upbringings or many of us had strict upbringings where sexuality was bad. And you just look at it from a logical, logical perspective that God created us with this beautiful, magical body with so many capabilities. We come out of the womb naked. How on earth could that be bad? Then we also mm. have this phenomena called puberty where you start to feel sexual feelings, you know, when you're 12 or however old different people have it at different ages. And we're taught that's bad. So then you have all this shame on top of what is the most natural thing in the world is to be curious about these strange new feelings in your body. And we have, you know, and then we have these religions that basically I see it, uh, you know, in its worst, it's like mind control. It's literally like enslavement and controlling people through fear and greed in its worst view. I mean, there's many people who are good Christians and good Catholics that like even your dad is doing a lot of work and missionary work in the Philippines and they're making a difference. They're helping people. They're doing a lot of good things. And then at the same time, there's this dark side of making something so evil and wrong, which is so beautiful and meant to be such a gift from God, yeah. which is our beautiful bodies and our gift of sexuality and the ability, the ability to have pleasure. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's a crime. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but to, to, to put these poor young children with this belief system of so much shame about their natural bodily functions and feeling guilty. Wouldn't it be beautiful to have a healing of our country and our culture? You know, there are other countries that have a more relaxed attitude toward it, and they, they're not as psycho as we are. Like, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's a lot of crazy going on in the U.S. right now it's all because of all the shame, guilt, repression. So right. uh it's take it back to just the logical minds like God is not going to make humans with a natural desire to feel sexual and then make that the a number one sin where you're going to hell. If you do it, what kind of a sick, Mm -hmm. cool God would create humans with this drive to procreate, which, you know, and have pleasure and this incredible capacity to experience pleasure and have it be Mm -hmm. a sin. How does it logically even make sense? Like, I don't, I, you know, yeah. I'm not up for, for putting my boxing gloves on and going head to toe with the Bible thumpers because I can't do it anymore. I've, but I did my own stint with that, boring and Christian Catholic and quoting the Bible and making people wrong and, you know, and feeling really guilty about just being alive, basically. Yes, it's both. You do feel love 
and you feel have those high moments of connection. And then the, the flip side is the shadow side that's being ignored. And the shadow side is often our erotic and our sexual, sensual side. And um, I just saw a film that's, that came out this year, maybe last year or this year. But do you know who that Irish actress from The Lovely Bones, her name is Sorsha Ronan. She's a okay. beautiful Irish actress. She was in a film, something like <laughs> Cardiff by the Sea. And it was about a 1962 marriage where they hadn't had sex before marriage. And it shows them on their honeymoon. And it's, it's so well done because she's in the state of like not wanting to do it and totally scared. And, and they call, and he called her frigid, but it was clear from her flashbacks that she was abused by her father, but that was never brought up. She was just labeled in the sixties as frigid. Their marriage fell apart. You know, it's kind of like a little bit like your story, but not that you were frigid, but the whole fact that you can't even talk about it. And I was married for like eight and a half years in my twenties, the same thing. I don't, I don't even remember. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And it was, it's more like, you know, hoping for the best. But it takes <laughs> being able to talk about things and being able to say what you want and don't want that um, helps you, to, you know, to have intimacy. Exactly, so, yes. So, there any other um, comments on that? Um, just a hearty hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you were preaching. That was fantastic. That hallelujah. was fantastic. Okay. So we have a question from... Belinda Myers in the YouTube chat chat room, and her question is, what do I have coming my way for March? Hi, Belinda. I'm going to pull some cards for you and see what the angels want to tell you. It's so funny, and I'm not surprised because the question is, um, what do you desire? I mean, the card I pulled. So it's like you ask the angels, what do I have coming my way for March? They throw the ball back in your court and say, what do you want? <laughs> you are actually, life is not randomly happening to you. It is happening from you to a certain extent. So it's important for you to get some clarity on what you want. So it says, you now have the opportunity to write the script according to your heart's true desires. Once you clearly decide upon your true desires and know that you're ready and deserving them, they will rush into your life as if by magic. How much time have you spent doing, um, imagining, envisioning, you know, you're going to picture the future like you want it. What do you want to happen in March, Belinda? Put yourself at the end of March and you're looking at, you know, looking back on the month you just had, what would you like to be telling your friends about this month? This month was so amazing. I had breakthroughs. I did this. I did that. I always wanted to go skydiving. I wanted to do this. And I met the new, a new friend. And, you know, whatever it is, imagine it like it's already happening, in, you know, because past, present, and future are happening simultaneously. So stand on March 30, 30th or 31st, I think 31st, um, and, and speak from that now moment. I'm so grateful I had the best month of my life. I, you know, whatever it is that you want, say it in the I am, I have, I'm so grateful that, and draw that to you. And the other card I got is from Archangel Michael, make a commitment. So, there's something you've got to commit to you. And it says, um, the prayer for you is, Archangel Michael, as the angel of courage and confidence, I call upon you to lend me your strength. Allow me to commit to myself, my life, and my divine purpose. Please clearly guide me so I can fully open my heart to every experience. So Archangel Michael is here for you, Belinda. And your first step to changing your life, which he does want to change, help you change your life, but not in a mean way where it's like the baby bush bird is totally pushed out of the nest and good luck, but uh, uh, like molding like clay in a gentle, loving way. But you must commit to yourself and not throwing yourself under the bus and putting other people's needs before you all the time. And you, what does Belinda want? You've got to take the time to go into your own soul and do that excavation and find out what you truly want, and then do the work of, you know, basically you're going to raise your vibration so that you could become a vibrational match to that which you are desiring. So that's your little feedback from the angels. Thank you for your question. And we have Tasha from New Jersey on the phone. Tasha, are you there? Yeah. Hi. Hi, Tasha. Thanks for calling. How can we help you, love? Hi. Um. I wanted to know, um, what do you see for me and this new guy I just met? Okay, you're wanting to know, and then I couldn't hear the rest. Sorry, say that one more time. A new guy that I met, his name starts with a J. So you want to know about a new guy that's, whose name starts with a J, like what I think about him or feel for you re- in relation to him? Yes. 
<laughs> okay. Well, first of all, your energy is very, very funny because you sound very unconfident about this. It's almost like you're scared to even talk I, about I, it. I was so, tired. I just had a long day. I'm oh, sorry. you're tired. Okay. So you want want to know what do the angels think about this J guy for you? Okay. Well, see only love and innocence. So we got innocence is a perfect card. Because um, we're talking about innocence, and we are all innocent, and they want your angels want you. Have you been considering maybe he might not be faithful or not telling the truth or anything like that? Um, no. This says, beloved one, everyone is guiltless in truth, as no one can alter God's handiwork of perfection. Give us your feelings of heaviness, so we can lighten your load. Give us any guilt, anger, or blame that may shroud your loving outlook. Enjoy the peace within your heart once more. And then the other card is see only love. So it's it's kind of both, um, uh, very similar. Look past the seeming errors, mistakes, and misunderstandings and see only the love within each person, including yourself. Your re- resolute focus upon the love that underlies every situation brings about healing in undreamed-of ways. So, Tasha, what I'm feeling, the reason those two cards are coming up in relation to this specific person is that the angels want you to not be focusing necessarily on him or anyone else specifically at the moment because you have to break a pattern of um, maybe you feel guilty or bad about something or the last relationship you're still mad at something they didn't do. There's some cleaning up that needs to happen. And seeing everyone with the eyes of love and, and as innocent and letting go of past mistakes. So, and doing that for yourself and all exes. So then we're going to move forward um, with this J guy with a new way of experiencing the relationship where you're creating it newly from this now moment, not in reaction to past relationships that didn't work out or anything like that. But when I tune into the relationship, as long as you've done your house cleaning with your energy uh, from past relationships and clearing up everything and getting complete with everyone, it feels good to move forward with Mr. J. (laughs) I hope that helps. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Do you have any other questions? Did you have any uh, comments for Nathan or questions about what we were talking about? Um, No. Um. I, I'm pretty intuitive myself. I just, um, I try to do a lot of clearing and, and things like that. But um, I, I thank you so much for that. It makes so much sense. You're so welcome, love. Thank you for your nice. call. Um, so we have another chat room comment. I think being sexually abused as a child is affecting me now with having no interest in sex, even after finding forgiveness for them and myself. And this is very common. So to answer to that, um, do you have any experience with sexual abuse, Nathan, just out of curiosity? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, Let's see. Thinking about her question, well, it seemed more like a a comment, right? Like what was her question again in that one? The question is, I think being sexually abused, yeah, it is a comment, but we can comment on it back, I guess. I think Mm -hmm. being sexually abused as a child is affecting me now with me having no interest in sex even after finding forgiveness for them and myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, there's, I mean, forgiveness, forgiving someone with your heart is one thing, but then to have your body mind, you know, your body mind is another thing. It has memories of its own. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. your heart can forgive, but there's memories and there's still energies that's trapped in your body that, that, that even though your heart's there, your body's going to be going through. So it's good to have that heart that forgives, but there's just more that's going to bubble up. And so maybe that is help. That would help her hold that comment because if if she's expecting forgiveness alone to create a desire for sex, it it doesn't do that. Um, yeah, there's there's more to do. Yeah, and I think the st- the statistics are insanely high. Like three out of five people were sexually abused or molested in some way, or violated. Mm-hmm. Women, yeah. women, and men too. I don't know what the statistics on men, but obviously they're also in the same boat. There's so many people coming forth. Now, what is the pro- reason for that? Why do we have sexual abuse in the first place? It's because of this repressed sexuality, and no one's allowed to talk about it. And it's all hidden in shadow, shadow, shadow. So the antidote to the shame is to bring understanding to it. 
So I know that you may have forgiven your uh, forgiven the person who abused you as a child, like he said, with your heart or you know your body is still remembering it. But there may also be an aspect of we need to bring understanding to the why. So people who are you know people who hurt people hurt people, people who are abused abuse people. We have a, a bunch of wounded humans walking around planet Earth, and it's not that it's that no one's ever responsible for their actions, but we can bring a level of understanding to each person. So for people who are listening, if you had an interaction with someone who violated you or abused you, I'd love to do like a group healing right now. If everyone wants to um, just, or even if it wasn't sexual abuse or a physical abuse, it could have been, an emotional abuse or some, if you want to, um, everyone who's listening who wants to think of someone who hurt them that you might not fully be complete with, we can invite Archangel Michael, who's a very powerful archangel. He has a sword of light and truth and it can cut through these cords that really kind of drain us and affect our ability to be intimate, to love our bodies, to feel good about ourselves. And he can cut the cords of, uh, unforgiveness if there is still some residual unforgiveness or incompletion left. But the first thing we have to do is whoever that person was, I want you to tune into their higher self and imagine them as an innocent child before they were programmed with their crazy dysfunctional stuff. Um, maybe think of them at age two or three when they're just a little baby with these beautiful open eyes straight from God. There's no weirdness. It's just like them. And then they pick up whatever it is they pick up, crazy stuff from their environment from their parents or, or their uncle or whatever it is, and this gets programmed, and then they become the abuser. So, um, And getting how, even though that may have happened to you growing up, you wouldn't have had it any other way. Your soul chose that scenario for your growth and evolution. Everything happens for your growth and evolution, and you would not be the man or woman you are today if it weren't for that happening. And so I'd love you to picture that person and I want you to imagine their higher self and if you can picture a moment of true love between you or heart connection and if not, just picture that person as a little baby, a little beautiful higher self shining through their God divine self and just repeat after me in your own mind or out loud um, uh, but using own, the name of the person that you're thinking of. So just repeat after me. I invite the higher self of whatever their name is to stand before me as I stand before you with love. I embrace all bonds between us. And I ask that they be transmuted to the highest vibration of unconditional love. And put your hand on your heart and say, I am free. And put your hand on this being's heart and say, you are free. And Archangel Michael is cutting the cord between you. Take a deep breath. Beautiful. And now Archangel Michael is going to do some vacuuming so we can all, at the end of this um, beautiful uh, radio show, be restored back to our original innocent blueprint of perfection, our holy innocence that we came into this world with. I'm not a fan of that original sin doctrine. I think that, you know, when I was raised by nuns telling me, your soul is like a milk bottle. You came into the world full of sin and Jesus had to save you and otherwise you'd just be out of shit, out of luck. Sorry, out of <laughs> luck. <laughs> um, let's take away these lies that we were taught and replace it with the truth, which is we are beautiful, precious, divine beings. We come from God, God, Father, Mother, God, King, Queen of Heaven. We are princesses and princes and we are holy and innocent. So let's vacuum out some of that garbage as a co-created experience with Archangel Michael. He's got a little vacuum, like those old-fashioned tube vacuums. It's going in the top of our head. So it's vacuuming out. Just imagine this with me, vacuuming your, um, out, uh, behind your eyes. We're going to start with the physical body. Vacuuming your throat. Vacuuming your heart. Lungs. Liver, kidney, spleen, pancreas, gallbladder your stomach, your colon, 
your I mean your intestines, your colon, your yoni, your lingam, the top of your right leg, the bottom of your right leg, your knee back and front on your right side, your right calf, your right shin, your right foot, your right toes, the top of your left leg, the bottom of your left leg, your left knee back and front, your left shin, your left calf, your left toes, your left foot. And now coming around your gluteus maximus, your lower back, the base of your spine all the way to the base of your skull, to the top of the spine, up and down. Your upper shoulders, your middle back, your lower back. And now on the top of your right shoulder and your right arm, your right elbow, your right forearm, your right hand, your right fingertips, the top of your left arm, your left elbow, your left forearm, your left hand, your left fingertips, so now your physical body is all vacuumed out. Take a deep breath, and now he's pouring in the brightest white light, divine love intelligence that is directly from God, that is God. It's filling all of those empty spots that were created, all the sadness and fear and erroneous beliefs and shame and guilt and stress that were just vacuumed out are being filled up with the truth that you are holy, that you are blessed, that you're very loved, that you are precious. God loves you. You're worthy of every good thing. You are innocent. And your cells are now remembering, and they're singing with the harmony. And, and now we have Archangel Raphael. He is here, and he's going to install the original divine blueprint of innocence, perfection, beauty from our original creation, um, straight from God. So he's reinstalling this on our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual energy bodies as well as our physical body. So take a deep breath. (sighs) So we are so loved. We are so blessed. And I'm so, so happy that we had Nathan with us today to share his story. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm so proud of you for letting go of your fear and sharing your story to help empower and inspire other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I'm feeling to pull a card for you, a little angel message oh. for you for the road. Uh, mm, bonus, regarding, all right. Rega- yeah, bonus. <laughs> bonus. So, uh, regarding Archangel Michael, who's definitely one of your guides, and he is the guide that helps people have the courage to make changes. They can live a life more in alignment with their um, soul. And he also helps to release people from the effects of fear. So obviously you did a lot of that to do what you're doing. Okay. So the cards I pulled for you are from Archangel Michael. Use your imagination and you'll see the answer. Dear God, thank you for granting me the wisdom and creativity to see your miracles in new and unexpected ways. I gratefully and gracefully accept and appreciate your help with your project and having it touch the greatest number of hearts and minds and um, that it's meant to touch and helping people. And then the other card I pulled for you is take a divinely guided chance, which you're obviously doing this. It says all positive change and successful ventures involve a degree of risk and, and you're ready to follow your divine guidance to new territories. As you leave behind that which is comfortable and familiar but no longer appropriate for you, you make room for new and more meaningful opportunities. So what I think, what I'm seeing for you, Nathan, is that you start doing more radio podcasts, more talk shows, TV talk shows. You raising awareness on this conversation is really very healing and helping a lot of people. And then the money will come to you to fund your projects as you get more known. But, you know, um, Mm. basically they want to let you know you are supported, you are loved, that when it's necessary, the funding will be there, and you just need to follow their divine guidance step by step. They will show you. You know, you can start each day, put your hand on your heart, and say, where do I go? What do I do? What do I say? And to whom? It might be make a phone call. It might be go here, go there. It might be share something you've been doing. But look at how I found you. I mean, we met at an event, and then I saw that video, yeah. and I'm like, whoa. This, I, You know, I thought you were just a kid. I didn't had no idea you were like <laughs> a filmmaker that's like, Making waves and changing the world. Like when I read, when oh. I saw your short your short film, I was just like, I got to interview this guy. He's a powerhouse. So thank you for everything wow. and for being you. Thank yes. you so much, Shishi, and thank for all you listeners out there. I think this is great great space. Thanks. 
Yeah. So NathanNavero.com, N-A-T-H-A-N-N-O-V-E-R-O.com if you want to follow and him and cosmic, find out more. CosmicTouchFilm.com Touch as well. Cosmic Touch Film. Yes. Okay. Blessings, everyone. Thanks for listening. Big hugs, Nathan, and have a great week. Blessings. Take care. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.